0: Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the King Street Podcast. Well, hey friends, this is Matt, and I just want to welcome you to the King Street Podcast. This podcast exists to help you glorify God and enjoy Him forever. It's a gift from our church to you, and today I am joined by a good friend of mine, Toby Pegram. Toby, hey, how you doing, man? I'm
1: doing good. Happy to be here, excited to be here. I uh, feel very honored that you would even have me on this podcast, so very thankful to be here. Yeah, and let me just say for
0: those who are listening, Toby is the pastor of City Park Church in uh, here in Winston-Salem, yep. North Carolina, so where we're located, they're just,
1: um, I mean, Co- not too far yeah, away. a couple blocks up the road from you. We're in a Washington Park community, so...
0: Do you want to share a little bit about um, about your church and yeah, what you guys absolutely. have going on?
1: Yeah, so we're a uh, new church plant. We really haven't even officially launched as a church yet. We've been kind of in the pre, pre-launch pre phase, uh, all those terms, church planning terms. But uh, we were planning to launch uh, in April, but obviously with the corona stuff that, that happened and all the um, mandates and stuff, we just decided as a church that we just hold off on that and just kind of wait. So we're still kind of just in the, way, in the waiting uh, to launch our church, but... Uh, yeah we've been together as a group of believers for about a year now uh June will be a, a year officially and so we've got about you know forty of us that have been gathering for over a year um, hmm. doing Bible studies in home groups worshiping together at, at this really awesome church that the Lord just blessed us with so you know we're we're a church that just loves the Lord we want to want people to know that Jesus loves them and um that he's real. And that that's kind of the heartbeat of our church. You know, we, we have three things that we want to do. Uh, we want to enjoy the Lord. We want to equip the saints to do the ministry and we want to engage the community that we live in. So that's kind of our heartbeat of our church. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome. I've been, uh, super happy about what God is doing uh, in and through and through your uh, local body there. And thank you. We feel the same way about King street as well. Well, I just wanted to, um, Obviously, today what we're going to be talking about is Bible intake, and specifically, we're going to be discussing um, a a certain portion of that, which is your own personal reading of the Bible. And so, over the next few weeks, we're going to be having a few guests on talking about what we call the spiritual disciplines. And if you're not familiar with the spiritual disciplines, there's a couple of, of really good books that you can... Uh, get to read on them and this is essentially uh these books are on what are the things that we do that God has pr- has prescribed for us to do in which he blesses us um and we grow in our faith and so one uh really key book on this is spiritual disciplines for the christian life by Donald Whitney have you
1: have you read uh I don't think I have. Uh, I've heard of that book, and I've read a spiritual disciplines book before, and uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I'll think of it, and uh, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, so so what he does is he breaks down the different kinds of spiritual disciplines. He talks about Bible intake for a couple of chapters. He talks about prayer. He talks about worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, all these different things, but what we're going to do is we're going to sort of center our conversations Uh, over the next few weeks around another great book on the spiritual disciplines, and that is by David Mathis. Um, And his book is Habits of Grace. And you can actually find that on desiringgod.org. You can go there. There should be a free PDF or a free um, iBooks uh, copy of it. And what he does is he sort of breaks his whole book down into three separate parts of these spiritual disciplines. And part one is dealing with, with Bible intake. Part two is... Uh, having God's ear, so it's dealing with prayer, and part three is fellowship, so Christian community being involved in the local church, and so that's sort of what we are going to be diving into as well. So we'll take a couple weeks to do the Bible intake portion, a couple of weeks to do the prayer portion, a couple of weeks to do sort of the fellowship portion, and yeah. today, uh, there there's several different things with Bible intake, um, hearing good, good, faithful, Christ-exalting preaching... Mm. Um, hearing the Bible read in, in public, uh, as Paul tells Timothy to devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Uh, we even are going to have one week on singing. What's the, what's the importance of, of music in the life of the Christian? So the songs we sing together in church should be Bible-saturated, yes. um, doctrinally sound music, and so we're sort of singing the Bible. And that's really important because I think a lot of times, Toby, and you may see this, you want people to go home and remember portions of your sermon, right? but they all, oftentimes are going
1: home and they're remembering certain songs that were sung. Absolutely. I mean, think about just in your personal life. I remember a whole lot more song lyrics than I do sermons that I've heard. Right. I've never memorized a sermon. Right. I've memorized a lot of songs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the, the importance of, of singing Bible saturated songs in church is of the mo- utmost importance. You know, not just picking a song based. Oh, that's got a nice tune to it. It's really catchy. It's really easy to sing. Like, that's one of the most frustrating things that I hear people say is like, we need to pick a song that's easy to sing. Well, yeah, we do, but we need to pick a song that exalts Christ more so than it's easy to sing. Right. So,
0: absolutely. No, that's good. So, we'll get into all of that over the next few weeks. And today, what we're going to focus in on, Toby, if you don't mind, is. Bible intake in the form of my own personal devotional life with a Bible in in front of my face, you know, reading the Bible for myself. And um, I think just to start out with, it'd be nice to hear if you could just share with our listeners a little bit of your journey in either was there a time in your life where, where you began to recognize, it might've been right when you became a Christian or whatever, right. that, that you began to recognize for yourself the importance of reading the Bible and sort of what that flow has been, times where you've been really adamant about reading and then mm-hmm. times where it's been more difficult to even go and pick the book up. And right. So if you could just share a little bit about um, your story and dealing with your own personal love and affection for reading God's yeah. for reading God's word. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I would start off with just kind of give you a little bit of my testimony. I was saved when I was um, 12 years old. I was in sixth grade at the time and um, got saved at a basketball tournament, of, which is funny. Uh, and uh, the evangelist that came and spoke at the end of the tournament, his name was Hank Williams, which is amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but that was the night that the Lord reached into my heart and saved me. And so um, at that time, you know, I, I was a I wasn't a reader. I, I'm not a reader to this day. I, I don't. I don't yeah. really enjoy reading. It's very difficult for me. Uh, I, I can honestly read ten pages, and then in my mind, I'm like, well, "What did I just read?" I have mm. no idea what I just read. Uh, so, so reading's always been a very difficult thing for me personally. School, I struggled with it. College, especially. Um, so, so when I became a Christian at that time, I really didn't have a, a strong desire to read the Bible because I would leave reading the Bible very frustrated because I didn't understand it. And yeah. so I would go to my youth pastor and my youth pastor explain it. And then I would have this like guilt of like, well, how does he understand this so much? And I'm just reading this simple verse and I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. Isn't the Holy hmm. Spirit supposed to reveal these things to me? Uh, which you know, I don't agree with that, but I, you know, at the time, that's what I thought that meant. That the Holy Spirit would reveal what these verses actually mean. Um, and so I would get very, very frustrated with that. And so it wasn't until I was in high school, uh, I was, it's, it's just really funny how this God uses circumstances in your life. Uh, I took on a job working for show pros, which is a, uh, where you do security, which is funny. I'm in high school doing security. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like those guys walk up to his little punk high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't come in here, bud. Um, but anyways, I, I'd had a job working for that at the at the golf tournament in Greensboro. I think it was the GGO back then. But um, anyways, uh, before the week, they would bring in, they would fill in all the tents there with furniture, and so they couldn't just leave them out there during the week with nobody out there. So my job was to literally go sitting, sit in a tent with furniture. And make sure nobody came in there and took anything Hmm. so i would have a 12-hour shift just sitting in a tent by myself wow and so i was uh, i guess i was 17 18 years old at that time it was like my senior year of high school and i would go the first day i went i didn't realize that's what i was going to do so i sat there by myself with nothing you know this is there wasn't smartphones at this time i just sat there and stared at furniture for 12 hours wow and then i went home And, um, that night I just felt like the spirit or, you know, the Lord was like, just take your Bible with you. I was like, all right, I'll take my Bible with me. So I took my Bible with me and I sat and I read my Bible for 10 hours because I had nothing else to do. Right. Right. So there was no, I was on like whole 16 in the middle of, nobody's coming out there and stealing furniture. Right. So it's at four Stokes, a nice place. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. So I just sat there and read my Bible. I read my new, uh, I read the whole entire new Testament in just a couple of days. Wow. And, um, again, my retaining wasn't that great, but at that time it was just like, you know, I was a little bit older, a little bit more understanding. I was able to understand the verses a little bit better at that time. And it was just in that moment of just reading that word that God just kind of spoke and just kind of revealed to me, I'm like, man, this is, there's like gold here hmm. that I've just been ignoring for the last five years of my life because I was afraid to, cause I, I would get frustrated by it. But yeah. in that you know, dedicated amount of time being by myself, nothing else distracted me. I was able to sit there and read God's word and it just developed this passion into me. And I really think looking back at that, that's what kind of led me to be a pastor, because it was like in those moments like, this is gold. And I want people to know this. And I want to be able to communicate this to people and teach people this. And so looking back on that I saw that. But during a time it was just like, oh, I had this week where I could just read the Bible. And so I did that. And then it just became more of a Everyday thing that I try to do now. I'm not perfect. I don't read my Bible every single day. I try, but I don't. Um, but it's it's a it's a something that I try to do because it's just revealed to me um, so much truth about who God is and my life, what He's done for me. So it's a, it's become a passion for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good. I think I think a lot of people can feel uh, what you just described because I think there's sometimes um, this this idea that if I'm not a great reader or if I'm not uh, fond of reading, um, because I I know several pastors, several believers uh, who are like, if I had the choice between reading something or like going and playing Madden or 2K Mm -hmm. or going to hang out with somebody, I'm going to go do those things. And so sometimes for some of us, we really have to discipline ourselves even more because God did write a book. Right, and that's how he's chosen to reveal himself to us mm-hmm. um, through human language, written down in grammatical sentences that make sense. And then, of course, the Spirit helps us in 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 receiving those things as beautiful and joyful. So, right, obviously, you see God's work in your life as you're opening up the Bible. You were yeah being encouraged yeah, and it, I think
1: it's it's a like that word that you, you're using you know for the, the purpose of this podcast. This is a spiritual discipline. Like, it's not. You know, I I think the misconception sometimes is like, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to read the Bible, completely understand it. And it's always going to be like this mountaintop pie where God's speaking to me that, you know, it's coming through the ceiling, this glowing light. And I, it's just revealing all this truth. But sometimes it's just, it's labor. Like it's work. Like it's, you're going to read a chapter and be like, man, I didn't get that. Like, hmm. well, how does that fit? Well, right. that's a good thing. Like dig deeper right, right. That, that that it's it's okay to read God's word and be like I don't really understand that because like you said it's a book written by God for God to communicate about him to us like you know I said this just a few minutes it's the arrogance of man that we would read that one time and think I got this all figured out right no you, it's going to yeah. take some work and it's going to take some labor for us to 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 completely understand the purpose of it and so Um, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Like it it can be discouraging sometimes, but just know that if you, um, struggle with that, you're not alone in that, that that's not a unique experience. There are people all over now. There are people, and I feel like you're probably one of those guys that like can just anchor down, read, study, and you are happy as a client. Like you're just so excited to be doing that. Um, for me, it's a little bit different. Um, and so, but we're both pastors, we're both believers. We both love Jesus. We both, you know, right. dedicated our life to this so God can use both. You know, right. there's not a, there's not a, a preferred method by God. It's just different for different people.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll actually say, sp- speak to some of, um, you know, the, the idea there that maybe I'm one of those guys that can well, you're just so it. smart. That's why. I thought <laughs> about that. Oh man. We, uh, so, you know, one of the things that I I have developed a love for reading. And so I recognize um, it's harder for me sometimes to to try to put myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't love reading, other than the fact that... um, And what I mean by that is sometimes I can tend to put expectations probably on people Mm. that are not expectations that even the Bible itself puts on people. Mm. Um, And so one of the things that happened for me I got saved going into my senior year of high school and prior to that I mean if you were to ask anybody who who knows me um, particularly my parents mm-hmm. they would tell you I despised reading yeah. I despised picking up a book and reading it but as soon as the Lord saved me, there was a fundamental interest and desire to get to know him more through his word. And so the first book, thankfully, that I ever really fell in love with was the Bible, and I started to grow a love for reading because of the Bible. And, um, and that was a unique, you know, mm. experience in my life where that kind of sparked me, you know, on this road of, of enjoying reading if you were to tell me, if I were to take an English class right now and we were going to read like Huckleberry Finn or something, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Spark Note it. Right? You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, yeah. But I mean, if you know, if if it's if it's reading God's Word or reading something uh, related to it, mm. um, I recognize there was there was just something different in my mind about reading the Bible than there was about anything else, and I think it was obviously because of God's work in my heart. Right. And that's not to say that if people don't have um, the same level of desire. But, but what we know is is that in, in reading God's Word and reading the Bible, uh, God does reveal Himself to us right. uh, through His words. Absolutely. And, um, and the miracle happens through doing those ordinary means of grace. And so mm. even whenever we are reluctant or not as excited about reading the Bible, in reading it, I've, I've seen so many people who would then begin to discipline themselves to read it and then through that process, even though they know they're like doing it reluctantly through that process, they see that gold, like you're talking about. And, and God uses that to, to uh, reveal himself to them. And nobody ever sees a beautiful truth of God who who, who's born again and thinks it's boring and walks away from
1: it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that, that's my testimony with reading the Bible is that it was difficult but through the discipline of it, God created a a passion, and, yeah. and a desire to understand more, and then to communicate that to people, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it started off rough, but through just grunt work—that's what I call it—it it was just grunt, just grunting through it. Uh, he changed me, right? And I think that's true of all, you know, all of our spiritual life. So what makes,
0: what makes reading the Bible so important? Why is it that? It can feel like if you go to someone and you say, hey, I'm struggling with this thing or I'm struggling with that thing, that oftentimes part of the advice that's given is, have you sought God's Word? Have you been reading God's Word? What is your devotional life like? Why does that seem to always be sort of a response when someone's sharing some kind of struggle? There's a question, at least a baseline question, to try to see where somebody is at of, You know where are you in your devotional life where are you in your own personal bible reading why why would that be the type of question we ask why is it important or why are we looking for to see is this person regularly engaging with god's word why is that so important
1: yeah that's a great question Uh, you know i think the word of god reveals who you are right it's hard for us to I, i think i'll clarify we know that we do bad things but we don't know that how deep our sin runs Hmm. and the Bible is, it just holds up a, a mirror to that and it just reveals that to us over and over. Um, like I know that I do bad things, but I don't know how bad it is unless I'm reading God's word. Um, because I don't think the times where I get a little bit upset with my kids or get a little bit angry at something that happens, I don't, Necessarily look at that as sin. I just think, well, that's just a natural reaction. Right. But the Bible reveals to me that's not the proper way, right? Uh, and so I think, or we just call it, oh, it was just a mistake. It was just... exactly a, we're not we're not seeing the depth of the reality of what's going on in our heart in those mm-hmm. moments. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a great way of saying it. And so the Bible reveals that to us. And so I think that's so important. I think that's why you get that advice because nothing else in this world kind of reveals that to us. You know, we see bad things, but it doesn't. It doesn't personalize it for us like the Bible does. And then, you know, that, that's kind of a, a, a one issue. The other issue I would say is there's there's no other standard by which we know who Jesus is, mm-hmm. right? Now, we could hear stories, but there's no authentic measuring stick for who God is and who Jesus is and what God's purpose is and what Jesus' purposes were, what, what yeah. he trying to accomplish. Like, we all have to agree that there's some standard for that, and that's what the Bible is for us as believers and so we we desperately need to read it so that we know what we're what we believe like mm-hmm. we we like me and you could sit here and talk about God we could talk about Jesus and if we never read the bible me and you would both have different values of who God is we would have different opinions of what he's doing we would have different things that we liked about God but right. the bible puts it all and says this is who I am it's the standard it's, it's the standard it's the ruler
0: by which we measure yeah. all of our opinions and exactly. thoughts and ideas. Yeah, and so, and so when, I have opinion, when I have an opinion about God and then the Bible seems to have a different opinion about who mm-hmm. God is, then we recognize the Bible's right, my opinion, my thoughts are wrong somewhere. Absolutely. And I ought to submit to what the scriptures are teaching me because this is God's own self, self-revelation
1: mm-hmm. of himself. Absolutely. And so I think that's why we push people to that. And that's a good thing, right? I, I want to push people to a standard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to push people to Toby's opinion or Matt's opinion on something. That's good. And so we push people to the Bible because that's where truth is found. You know Jonathan Lehman? Are you familiar? Uh, that sounds... I so think he, I do. He, he helps with the with like the Nine
0: Marks podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and he's one of the general uh, uh, editors for yep. all the nine marks publications and so what he does is he tells us one story when it comes to Bible reading and he has a wonderful book called Word Center Church by the okay. way, which is really incredible it talks it starts in the pulpit but mm-hmm. then it talks about how it permeates how the word permeates the life of the church throughout the um, throughout the week and so one of the things that he talks about I think he shares this story in his book and he shared it on multiple occasions in podcasts he'll say He gives this example of being at this coffee shop, and I've done this multiple times too, at a coffee shop with a dear brother who has a struggle, who has an issue, and is asking for some advice. And and Jonathan basically says, well, I met with this brother for an hour, And we talked about all kinds of things. I gave my opinion. I gave my thought. And then I realized whenever we get to the end of the hour, I'm like scrambling in my Bible to find a (laughs) verse to share with him. And he's thinking, what did I just do in that hour? What I did in that hour was give a bunch of my opinions Mm -hmm. rather than taking somebody to the scriptures. And so that's obviously one way that... we can disciple one another with the scriptures, but, but how, but how awesome it would be to be sitting in front of God's word on a regular basis, just in my own personal life yeah. to allow, um, the scriptures itself to, to testify to who God is and, and who I am and so forth on a regular basis. And so that applies not only to our discipleship and, yeah. and we don't want to point people to our own opinions, but we want to point people to the scriptures where they're going to find truth. Right. And you think about um, all throughout the scriptures, like in John 17, um, in the high priestly prayer, mm-hmm. Jesus is praying, and he's praying that God would sanctify them in, his, in truth. Right. And then he says, your word is your truth. Your word, yep. Uh, we think about um, all, you know, all kinds of things with, with the Bible. Not only does, God, uh, does the Bible reveal who God is, but it's creative. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the sense of like an artist is creative, and it has like some unique ideas. What I mean is it creates what it commands and demands in people's lives. Um, We don't live on bread alone. We live on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so you think about all the way from Genesis, when God is speaking the universe Mm -hmm. into existence uh, through the power of His Word. And that same power now is contained... Right. In this book that we have and this is what God uses to create in us whenever we recognize our sin Toby doesn't have any power to change someone's heart Matt doesn't have any power to change someone's heart and so we want to push people to the Bible we want to push ourselves to the Bible because God does have the power to do that and he does it through the creative power of the word in the sense that you read it and it creates in people's hearts pure desires and and holiness and so forth and it 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 reveals to us our our sin and our problems and and works to chisel those things out of our lives and so that's the spirit's work through the word absolutely and if we're not putting ourselves before the bible but the bible is telling us that this is the way in which he does it then are we really putting ourselves in a situation to where to where we can be changed and worked on and so that's where we want to point people absolutely
1: and I think that's, you know, I've been changed through sermons, and and but what changed me in sermons was not the the opinion of the pastor.
0: Right, or, or how good he could speak. Or, right, or it,
1: it was the truth of God's Word. Mm-hmm. And then the times where I've been most changed is in the privacy of my own home, reading God's Word, and confronting my own sin. Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying since that— we push people to the Bible because that 's the thing that will change them that 's what the spirit does. The Spirit uses the word to allow us to i don 't say allow that's probably the wrong word, but to make us see the truth of the Bible and to apply it to our lives yeah and change us so
0: so uh just a couple of extra things here when it comes to like you know the Bible as revelation, a couple of texts that come to mind. Uh, we did a uh, Bible study actually yesterday with mm-hmm. people from the community. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, it, w- it was over Zoom because we're not able to meet in person right, right now. Yeah. But, and we're going through the Gospel of John together. And what we did yesterday is we broke down two major points of this Bible study. And we said, what's the point of the Bible? And then we said, what's the point of the Gospel of John? And we saw that the point of the Bible is that it's all about Jesus. Yep. It's pointing us to Jesus. I'm thinking of On the Road to Emmaus. Jesus comes and joins these two disciples who are talking, and he looks at them, and starting with Moses and all the prophets, he tells them about the things concerning himself. Yep. Or I think about um, I think about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, hmm. and the Ethiopian is, is reading this scroll from Isaiah and saying, how can I understand it unless someone teaches me? And then Philip, starting from that scripture, preached Jesus to him, is what right. Acts 8 says. And so that's the Old Testament, which they had at that time, and all of this is pointing to um, what, uh, what, what is ultimately revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so God is revealing Himself to us. And this is what's so incredible. We want to get to know God. Yes. We want to get to know Him and to love Him and to treasure Him and to have an, ex- and to have an encounter and a relationship with Him. And we do that through His Word. And the primary place I go to for that is in John chapter 20. John gives us the purpose of his gospel, of writing the gospel. And prior to, prior to him giving this, this purpose in John chapter 20, he, he gives us an account of the story where Jesus is with doubting Thomas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Thomas is saying, unless I see the scars in his hands, unless I see the hole in the side and I can touch it, I will not believe. And so, what does Jesus do? Jesus comes a few days later, and um, appears to Thomas and allows him to touch the scars, allows him to touch you know where the nails were, and he tells him, he says, "Don't be unbelieving, but be believing." Mm-hmm. And then um, Thomas does believe. He says, "My Lord and my God." So he he knows this is God, and then Jesus says, "Have you believed because you've seen?" blessed are those who believe and do not see. Right, And then right after that, John gives us the purpose of his gospel. He says, therefore, based on this idea of there are those who are not going to see, but they are going to believe, and they're going to be blessed. Therefore, I have written these things so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, that you may believe in him, and in believing, you may have life in his name. And so what I see there is I see that here's Thomas, who was able to physically see Jesus, and he believes in Him because he sees His resurrected body. But we today, in 2020, do not physically see the resurrected Jesus, so how are we going to see Him? How are we going to see Him and believe Him? Apparently, John thinks, wow, there are going to be people who do not see Jesus, and blessed are they if they believe. And so therefore, John writes all of these accounts of who Jesus is So we may read them and believe in Christ in the way that Thomas believed in Christ. So through reading the scriptures, we see Jesus with spiritual eyes, whereas Thomas saw him with physical eyes. And so if God is most revealed to us in revealing himself to us through his son, and we're not there to physically see him, but those who were there to physically see him have written down so that we may see him with spiritual eyes and believe in him and have life, and it sort of makes sense to say, that's where I go for
1: life. That's yeah. where I go to see Christ. Right. And I think that's so important for us to understand the purpose of the Bible, because I think, especially in today's culture and society, we we don't really understand the purpose of the Bible. We've we we've, we've kind of degraded the Bible in a sense of saying it's just a morality book, and it's a book mm. to teach us how to live our lives. Yeah. Now, that That's like a, a bystander of it. Like, that's a... You know, that happens through reading the Bible. But ultimately, like you said, the purpose of the Bible is for us to see Jesus. Yeah. Right. And, and it, by seeing Jesus, I'm a better person because he changes me. Mm-hmm. Not it doesn't work the other way around. And so for me, you know, kind of getting back to my testimony. The Bible was a struggle to read because I took those little catchy sayings and applied them. Well, it's mm. the compass for my life, and it's the roadmap, and it's all this stuff, and it'll make me a better person. And well, I didn't enjoy reading it because mm. I didn't need to know that I shouldn't lie. Like my conscience told me that, right? Like I needed to know Jesus, and and so it's so very important, and like you said, to, to and know the purpose better of it,
0: yeah, and, and and getting better at not lying, yes, but
1: still not knowing Jesus. Right. Uh, we'll what is do that? Nothing do? for us. Exactly. Like you know, yeah. That's yeah. that. That that's one of the biggest frustrations that I have when people approach the Bible. You know, is well. I just want it to tell me how to live my life. That's all you want. Hmm. You, you don't want to know the God of the universe. You don't want to know Jesus. Like settling for how to live your life over knowing the Christ. That's like just like that C. S. Lewis quote, it's like playing in the mud while the ocean's right in front of you. you right. know? So it's like we have to know what the purpose of the Bible is.
0: Yeah, it's 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 to point us to Christ. It's yeah. to it's to reveal God to us. And in right. and in so doing and having new hearts, then yes we do. We have we now have power over sin. We have power yes. to live a life that brings honor and glory to him, but it's in it's ultimately in knowing him and seeking yes. to to, to please him and live for him right. um, on the basis of his grace for us, not on the basis of just being a better person, yeah. um, even
1: though uh, God does grow us in holiness. Yes. So, yeah. so, in no way am I saying that there's not a, a call to holiness in the Bible. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's just a byproduct of growing closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so,
0: let's say we, um, let's say I'm a new believer, because I know whenever I, was a new believer, while I said that I, I, I loved reading the Bible, it, it was to the point where I, I was told by some people in my life that you need to read the Bible every single day. Yeah. Not from the standpoint of if you can, it would be good and it would be beneficial, but from the standpoint of I'm sort of creating a law and a rule <laughs> that if you do not wake up every morning... And it was typically with a preference to the morning, not the yes, evening. Yes, it has
1: to be morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you
0: wake up in the morning and do not read the Bible, then you've sort of failed and you're a, yep. a bad Christian for that day. Yeah, you got to get those um, quiet times in. So what would you say to the new believer who has a desire to read God's Word? Mm-hmm. Um, is it required for them to read it every day? What? What expectations should they set for themselves when it comes to personal devotional time, and and reading God's word? How would you yeah. go about encouraging that person um, to begin a regular habit of of Bible intake in that way? Yeah, that, that's that's a great question.
1: Um, first off, just I'm not. I don't like using the term of setting new laws, right? Like that's, if the Bible's not doing it, then I'm not going to add on top of it. Right. It's so, you know, we were talking beforehand, like what about the person that can't read? What about the person that doesn't even have the translation in their language? Like how Mm -hmm. do we, how do we address those topics? And so, you know, I'm not going to say it's a law, uh, to read your Bible every single day in the morning before everybody gets up with a cup of coffee like that's the you know the dream scenario right. that everybody puts out there and, and, and there you're
0: kind of alluding to like I was sharing earlier um, for those who are listening in I, I was sharing earlier about some of our friends in yeah. um, in Kenya andndiwa Kenya where 80 to 90 percent of their members don't even have a Bible yeah. or some of them uh, some of uh, the folks who are older, um, maybe they don't know how to read, even if they did have a Bible. And so it would actually be impossible for them. Right. And we want to try to stray away from creating a law that says, well, then they're just unfaithful Christians yep. because they don't have a
1: Bible or they haven't yeah. learned. To... And that's totally unfair to them. Right. Because here, here's, here, and I think the answer to that question is this, if you could give them the Bible in their language and they could read and understand it, what would their response be to that? Hmm would they say, I'm good? Okay, you're probably, you're missing something here. You, you may need to you know, ask some questions about, do you really believe this? But if you were able to, and they would be in tears, they would love it, they would try to soak it up. The desire there to read the Bible, like that's what, as a pastor, I wanna see in my people is a desire and a hunger for God's word. I'm not, I'm not concerned if they're checking off the box every day. Like I did right. seven quiet times a day, or this week yeah seven in a day you 're even better right <laughs> uh, seven times this week like that 's like that 's great and and God bless you if you do that and that 's what I strive for every single day and I strive for it in the morning because if i don 't do it in the morning i, I don 't get to it right mm-hmm. so those are great principles they 're just not laws and so if, if you 're a new Christian and you you have that desire that 's great like that 's the work of god that 's a work of God because of of, who wants to sit down that 's not a believer and read a text that 's thousands of years old that they don't think applies to their life today like who who naturally wants to do that i, I don't know many people that do that but yeah. if god's creating that in your heart like that's a great sign celebrate that the spirit's working on you, you you're a believer like that's a great thing now let's take some practical steps like you've got to take some maybe it isn't morning for you i don't know but try to carve out uh, time and, and I've, I've said this to our church uh, like the other idea is that you've got an hour to read your bible like, it's got to be an hour or it's got to be 30 minutes or it's got to be this X amount of time. Like, does, do you think it honors the Lord to read one verse or zero verses a day? Hmm. I think one verse is better than zero, right? And so what kind of intake are you taking? Like, you've got to have something. Like, if you can give God five minutes of your time to read his word, that's better than zero. Don't sit there and go, well, I only got five minutes. No, take the five minutes to read it because the desire yeah. is there. Take the time, whether, whether you've got a lot or, or a little. And so I would encourage to, to, to encourage somebody, if you've got that desire, celebrate that, do that. Now the next step is to take some very practical steps of how to do it. For me, I can't, I like to read out loud.
0: Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm the same. Right. So I
1: can actually kind of interpretively read it while I'm yeah. going and, it, and get so, a greater sense. So going to a coffee shop to read my Bible, I'm that weird dude in the corner reading out. Like I don't do it right. Like, I'm not going to go do that. I don't want to be that weird dude in the corner. Um, so I've got to carve out some, some space in my house by myself, which is difficult. i got three kids and they're up at when the sun rises and all that stuff. And yeah. don't go to sleep until nine o'clock at night. So like, you know, it's just a very practical thing. And so I've got to carve out that time. Um, and then again, I'm not a, I'm not an hour guy. Right. I'm, I'm 20 minutes, right, for personal. Now when I'm in the office or whatever studying God's Word for a sermon, it's a little bit different, right? That's a different type. That's not personal Bible reading. That's, that's more, you know, I'm trying to, to study to preach God's Word. So, But in my personal time, I'm not a long guy. I don't, I don't go very long. Um, and so I just say these things so that you know as, as a new believer, um, as a pastor, and I'm sure Matt would echo this, we, we love for our people to love God's Word, We want them to be in service so they can hear God's word preached. They can hear it read. They can hear it sung, as we've already talked about. And then during the week, they are trying their best, right? And it's not like God's sitting up there counting the days that you missed ready to give you their lashings because you missed those, right? Right. Um, So I would just encourage you to just strive for seven. If you miss some days, there's grace, and again this is not a law this is just a simple fact of like you love God and you want to know him better right and I think you
0: know one of the things I've tried to encourage our church members with is um, there is an importance of reading for for depth yeah and diving in and going deeper into text and there's also a place for reading for breadth which is what you did reading 10 hours at one time <laughs> I assume <laughs> that wasn't spent on one verse
1: yeah, it was that's how. Yeah, that's you read how the whole sl- New Testament right, in a couple yeah. <laughs> days,
0: and that's good because it helps you see the overall storyline. Right. You're getting a picture of the narrative of Scripture, and so now when you go back through it, you are you're able to handle sort of where you are in the Scripture yeah. and how this particular text applies to the whole. And then there's going to be times where this particular text maybe you dive deeper into it and one of the things i've encouraged our members with just from a baseline and we'll get to this on the podcast with hearing god's word preached is i've encouraged our people to even if all you want to do is read the bible for Mm breadth in your own personal time throughout the week maybe you don't have the time to do word studies and pull out things or whatever it is but but you just want to just read systematically through the bible as best as you can uh, whenever you can that's good But the last thing I want to do is create a type of, I heard someone say, I can't remember who it was, but the best Bible reading plan is the one that you'll keep. Yep. Is the one that you'll actually do. Right. And I've found that encouraging people to read the Bible when they can. So if you're, you know, maybe when you're sitting on the couch, yes, you could pull out a, uh, you know, some Ted Decker book and read some horror, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) book or something in it, you know. I'm not saying that's you can't have any kind of leisurely right. reading, but maybe it's wise to think through how much time have I spent in reading other things when maybe I could have just leisurely read. You want some juicy stories uh, that has some crazy <laughs> stuff going on? Read the book of Judges. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> just go to the Old Testament for a little while. You'll yeah. Be... <laughs> and, so, and so maybe we should be reading for breadth more as well, the Bible, mm. instead of always feeling like I have to be able to pull out the deepest gem that's yeah. there, especially Especially if you're in a faithful church that is preaching the Bible faithfully. I tell our people all the time, the sermon on Sunday is meant to be an incredible resource for you. Absolutely. The last thing I want people to do is to come to church on Sunday, hear God's Word preached, and then not do anything with it. Mm. But to go home the next day and then just move on to the next text. Yeah. and not do anything with it, and then move to the next text, and not do anything with it, and then move to the next text. I think it's a potentially a great idea to read for breadth in your own personal time, and if you have more time and you want to read for depth in other places, do it, if, yeah. if you can. But you're already going to get some level of depth. In, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully on Sunday morning, when the Word is being opened up and faithfully preached, and maybe it's good to read for Brett throughout the week and then focus more deeply on the text that you heard preached because yeah. you've already been helped in it, especially right. if you're a new believer. The pastor's helped you understand the text and how to apply it. And that work really hard that week in prayer and in submission to God's Word to actually live it out so that our hearts are being changed as well. Yeah. Because so much about Bible reading as well is going to include meditation and Scripture memorization. Yeah. So, so, so use, if your church is especially if your church is preaching through books of the Bible at a time, you know, use those opportunities and hearing God's word systematically preached to, to spend more in depth study on whatever right. is being preached on. Yeah. And then in your own personal time, read for read for breadth
1: where you can. Yeah. And uh, in, 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 being engaged in a weekly Bible study, right. will help with that as well. You know, at our church, we and actually do the reading. Yeah. And actually do the reading, <laughs> not just show up to answer the questions. Right. Um, but at our church at City Park we we went through the book of Philippians. So mm. I preached through the book of Philippians and then in our in our community groups we did Matt Chandler study on Philippians. Okay. So we had double Philippians two times a week and um two different pastors with two different perspectives now not teaching anything that's not, you know, it's all the same truth right. but different maybe ways to apply it cuz he's applying it for a different context and I'm applying it for my context. Um and and just being able to discuss, you know, when you're preaching on Sunday morning, there's not a, an open dialogue right there. That's just me speaking, you speaking, right? Um, but in those community groups, they were able to have open dialogue about the passage, and then again, they're sharpening each other there. And so, yeah, you know, this idea of like we we I intentionally set it up that way because I was like, I want my people to know Philippians like the back of their hand. Right. It's a great book. It's a short book. It's an easy book to understand. And, um, they're going to know this really well. And so it's so important. Um, I think for us to, to, like you said, th- these things that we do on Sunday morning, they're just not, it's not like, Hey, let's just do this because it's a tradition that we've always done, but they're intentional because we want to give you something to, 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 to marinate on for a week until the next week. And then the other thing I would say to add on to that is like, as a new believer, you're, you're not going to be a seasoned understanding scripture as someone who's been a Christian for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like the guy that, that reads the Bible as a 20 year old Christian has been working at it a lot longer than you. Just like a, an athlete who trains, right? Like, um, when they first started playing or they first started training, they were maybe able to lift a hundred pounds, but over time to do it now they can lift 500 pounds, you know, whatever it yeah. is, but they, they, what people don't see is all the times in between those two marks where they had to build those muscles up. And the same thing works with the Bible. It's like, I didn't understand when I was 12, when I was reading passages, and hmm. then at the 18, I was able to understand a little better. Now I'm 34. I understand them way different and I'm able to understand the narrative of the Bible and the scope of the Bible. I didn't have any of that. When I first became a Christian, I oh, didn't know right. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't know that stuff, but there was a process in that. And so as a, to also encourage new Christians, That's the reality, right? You're not going to be John Piper when you first become a Christian. John Piper put a lot of studying into it. Yeah, right. Um, And that was over time. Mm -hmm. The same thing can happen to you as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think that's really good, and that I think that helps recognize the expectations upon us are not to be the top-notch scholar who spends ten hours a day reading the Bible. Um, God cares a lot about not just how much we read, but God's doing something in our hearts. Mm. And I think when we recognize Christians throughout history have been faithful followers of Christ, growing in holiness, being sanctified in truth, even though they didn't have Bibles available for all members of the church to be able to read in their own personal time at home, now, we have so many different types of translations and, and access to it. We have, uh, we have things on the internet we can go and read the Bible um, with, you know, with digital versions. All of that is an incredible blessing. And so we ought to think about, with that blessing, if we have learned to read, which, by the way, if you have kids, what a wonderful reason to train mm. your children up to know English well, yeah. because they can spend time in their English translation of the Bible and be able to hear and be able to read firsthand what God is communicating to us. So that's just, you know, an incredible thing. But in the culture we have today, with the type of education we have today and the type of access we have to God's word, we ought to think very seriously about, am I uh, being faithful to maybe make use of the blessings I have in my life to to seek his word more deeply? But at the same time, we ought not to create just some just, just some law and rule uh, for ourselves because we do recognize Christians throughout history have been faithful followers of Christ even when they didn't have access to those things yeah. because the Scriptures are read publicly, which yep. is probably why Paul told Timothy to devote himself to the public reading of Scripture because the people there didn't right. have it.
1: Those are context. They, didn't, right. they, they weren't literate. They so they were going to gonna make yeah.
0: sure yep. that if you showed up, to our church service, you're going to hear the Bible read. But my guess is those people, what they did is they lived life in community Mm. where they shared God's Word with one another. They reminded one another of what was read on the previous Lord's Day. They reminded one another of what was preached on and taught on. And so the last thing we want to do is not spend time in personal Scripture reading and distance ourselves from the very community yeah. that would be reminding us of what we have been hearing from pastors and so forth, and so I think you need to season both of that which we 'll get to when we talk about fellowship
1: you know on right. down the line um, God but, God uses both of those things right right like i've grown by watching other men women live out their faith right that that sharpens me and the same thing like you're saying those aren't separate things. Those aren't two separate ideas in God's design of this. Those things coincide hand in hand. They go together, and so it's so important for us to to realize that. You know, there's a great book, one on one Bible reading, hmm. and um, I'm terrible with names, man. I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll, maybe you could put it in the notes or something. Yeah, I'll give you the author, but basically, it's, it it walks you how to read the Bible to one another in a one on one setting super good. It's a, like 100 pages. It's a real small book. And um you know, it's very helpful to be able to do those things. David Helm. David Helm, that's it. Yep. So that, that's a that's a great resource. Absolutely. I read that one because it was 100 pages. Yeah. And there's also
0: <laughs> if if you if you go to Google and you type in desiring god uh, questions to ask when reading the Bible or yeah. the gospel coalition questions to ask when reading yeah, the that's Bible. Great too. Yeah. There are two articles, a uh, one for each one of those outlets, that kind of give you some basic questions. Each time you read the Bible, what is this text saying about me and my sin? my relationship with God? What is this text saying about God? What is this text asking me to do? There are some good basic questions yep. that you can ask in your own personal Bible reading um, that can help you. And then you have some of this one-to-one Bible reading stuff as well, mm-hmm. so that you are encouraged and equipped to go and talk to one another yep. um, in your own community. We, we, we are not created to live life on our own. Yep. And so the last thing that I I think either one of us wants to encourage. We live in a very individualistic society, Mm -hmm. and there's this great pressure, I think, to just stay at home in my own time, reading my own Bible, praying Mm -hmm. my own prayers, without the community aspect of it. So much of our personal Bible reading and so much of our Bible intake even when it comes to our own personal Bible reading can be enhanced by the way we discuss it and talk about it with other believers in the church. Maybe there's something you've read today that shouldn't only be for you because it's in the Bible and you can use that to encourage another brother and sister with as well. So I think those are some extra categories to be thinking through. It's not your, your personal Bible reading. is not just for you. Um, but you are able to be a blessing. Cause let's say you are the 20 or 30 year old Christian. You've been walking in the faith for that long. How much are you able to help other believers in their own personal study right. of the
1: scriptures? Yep. I mean, just think about it in my life. I would not be here if it wasn't for my youth pastor. Right. Yeah. A seasoned, and I'm not elevating the youth pastor position. I'm just saying he was a seasoned Christian guy that invested in me, read God's word to me, taught me God's word. And it changed my life. You know, um, we as individual Christians can do that for other Christians. It does, you don't have to be a pastor to be able to do that. Right. Um, but in my example, it was my, my pastor that did that. My youth pastor.
0: Yeah. So I think I think just wrapping everything up, I think uh, one of the things we should be really looking for. I thought I thought what you said was very helpful about. Is there a desire for God's word? Mm. Is there a desire for it? If there's not, we ought to ask ourselves why. Yeah. And then we ought to still get in the scriptures because God can create that desire yeah. in us because his word not, not only reveals who he is, but it has creative power
1: right. and changes our hearts. Right. And just to add another little part to that is the idea of like maybe you're a Christian. You've been a Christian for a long time. You just haven't picked up your Bible in you know, six months, something like that. Mm. And you're like, well, I don't really desire. Well, you haven't done it in six months. You've created mm. other habits that have taken place over that. Yeah, and so don't I don't want to come to the twenty year old Christian who hadn't read their Bible in, in weeks months and say, well, I don't desire it. Should I, was I ever really saved? I don't want to create that confusion for somebody, right. um, but I would say maybe that that baby Christian, early Christian, if you feel like from day one you never had a desire, you may not be hoping in Jesus. Right. It may be something else. So those are good questions to ask.
0: Yeah, you know what what we're dealing here with. That's why I really like David Mathis' title, mm. Habits of Grace, and yeah. He prefers the term means of grace over spiritual disciplines. Okay. Spiritual disciplines, What's he mean by means of grace? So what he means is... So there's a Roman Catholic sense in which we do certain things to earn grace and earn merit. Okay. So he does not mean it in that right. sense. Right. Yeah, that's,
1: that's kind of how I was interpreting it. Right.
0: So, so he means it as God, um, God works in our lives and does acts and works of grace, and he has prescribed for us the ways in which he does it. And so typically that's through... Bible intake, typically through prayer. And when we do these things, right, God tends to us in a special way and helps us to grow in our faith. There there are ordinary things that don't seem extraordinary on the outside, but God does, tends to work in such a way that it provides extraordinary grace in our hearts when we commit ourselves to them. And he gives the example, I think it's really helpful, Uh, he, he gives the example of turning on or off a light switch. So we're not providing the power, the electricity in a room, right? Whatever company is providing, it's mm-hmm. providing it. However, we know that typically when we turn that light switch on, it allows that the, the light to come on in mm-hmm. our room. And so he kind of thinks of like a river channel. You don't cause the river to flow, but you could certainly put yourself in the river channel to know that you're going to re- receive the water. Yeah. It's, it's going to make you wet. And so if there are ways that God tends, t- typically works and grows believers and he says commit yourselves to these things and he tends to bless us when we do that then while we can't make god work we can do the things like reading the bible Mm -hmm. like prayer like fellowship with the church that he tends to bless and grow us and grows us through god doesn't tell us that he's just going to grow us if we sit at home and become a, a couch potato right he he Th- there are things that we're called to do, and when we devote ourselves to those ordinary things, um, like Bible intake, like reading the Bible, like yeah. prayer, God tends to work in our hearts in an extraordinary ways. So you're right. If, if for six months we've neglected one of the means of grace, one of the things that God uses in order to encourage our hearts, that might be one of the reasons why we don't have that desire mm-hmm. and why we're struggling in, yeah. our, in our relationship.
1: I like that idea of ordinary things, you know, that I think that's a lot of what spiritual disciplines are Mm -hmm. or ordinary things. And I think, and through reading the Bible, sometimes you get this idea that God only works in the extraordinary, but he really works in the ordinary more than he does anything else. Yeah. Um, And so uh, there's a quote and um, I, I can't remember the guy who said it and I don't even know if he means it this way, but this is the way I've always interpreted it. He says that a uh, modern man misses God because they don't look low enough. Hmm. And the way I've always interpreted that is that man wants God to come in the sky and this glorious thing. But God's really in the details of life and in the ordinary things that you do on a day in, day out, day out basis. And um, for the believers, when we commit ourselves to that, yeah, that's where you that's where you really grow in the Lord. Know the Lord more.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so one of the things I wanted to bring up is uh, in Ephesians three, actually, with that okay. um, with that idea of those uh, ordinary means of grace, yeah. and uh, in Ephesians three four, maybe we can uh, close with this. Here's Paul writing, and he's writing scripture, and I'll just start. Um, I'll start in verse one of chapter three. Paul says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. So he's talking about the mystery of Christ, the mystery of the gospel. Now look at what, there is this mystery made known to Paul, and now Paul is writing. Now look at what he says here in verse 4. By referring to this, when you read you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. What's spectacular about reading? Right. It's picking up a book and reading. There's this mystery about Christ that's been revealed to us in the Word, and what Paul encourages us to do is to pick up the Bible and to read it. He's saying when you read, you're able to understand. That means the supernatural thing there. The extraordinary thing there is understanding and perceiving the mystery of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the way you are able to do that is by doing this ordinary thing called reading. Yeah, that's great. So if we want to be able to perceive these things and grow in our faith and grow in greater understanding of who God is and see these gems, what do you commit yourself to? You commit yourself to simply picking up this book and reading it. And so maybe that's a good place for us to to close there. Yeah, I think it's good to end on a,
1: on a Bible verse. Uh, yeah. Talking about reading the Bible. Absolutely. But well, Toby, well, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say before we close, I just again, I appreciate you letting me be on here. And uh, just to encourage you, man, you've been a, a good friend over the last several months. Um I remember the first time we met at over at Acadia Foods, I walked in and saw a fellow bearded man with a Bible <laughs> in front of him. I was like, we're going to be good friends. So, yeah, man. Um, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you and just, uh, very thankful for your ministry and, uh, your messages have been encouraging to me. It's podcast. Uh, I haven't listened to every episode, but I've, I've listened to, uh, the first one and, uh, it's been encouraging. I was encouraging as well. And so just looking forward to, to continue to see what the Lord does through you, King's tree and your the group of believers that you have here. And, um, I'm just excited about what God's doing in our, in our neck of the woods. pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, likewise. And if you're a member of King's Tree listening to this, uh, keep Toby in your prayers, keep City Park Church in your prayers. They're going through the same things we're going through right now with this crisis that we're in, and uh, we all need to be praying for one another. Um, Well, thank you for for joining me today. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the King's Tree Podcast. If you enjoyed it, just let us know. Uh, Feel free to send us an email at info at kingstreechurch.com or you can contact us on Facebook or Instagram at King's Tree Church. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. And uh, stay tuned over the next few weeks as we continue our discussion in the spiritual disciplines. It's been a joy. Until next time.